Well, good morning, Oakwood. So glad that you're uh, here with us this morning as we just continue in our service this morning. I'm uh, just going to share a, a message with you. And, and really, the, the theme of this message is just about um, uh, choosing faith um, in the face of fear. And I, I know this is uh, not what we had planned on doing. I had another series planned, but I just feel like in light of current circumstances, this might be just a really good message, hopefully be something that you can apply to your life, that you find uh, super encouraging uh, to you and your family and friends during this time. And uh, what's great about this is I get to share some of my favorite stories. And I realize that watching back over the last um, 11 years of preaching, that, that there's many times where I'll say, oh, this is one of my favorite stories. Well, I want you to know that is absolutely and incredibly true. It actually is like one of my favorite stories. The deal is, is that I have a lot of favorite stories because uh, this Jesus guy is incredible. And so it's easy to get excited about him, about his followers, and about the Word of God because the Word of God is so awesome. So um, anyway, just want to share with you just a couple things, just a few thoughts this morning. Um, and hopefully this will be an encouragement to you as we stay the Word of God together. But let's begin with a word of prayer and ask God to just bless this time. Lord God, I just thank you for the opportunity we have to gather even in a different way this morning. And uh, God, I thank you for your Word. It's powerful and effective and, 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 and those written by 40 authors um, over um, 2,000 years ago. Um, God, it is still so relevant to us today. And God, I just pray you'd speak through it this morning. And I pray, God, that you would be on the increase, that I'd be on the decrease. And Lord, that during this time, it can just truly be uh, just, a, just a great, great time, God, where um, we can just hear from you and where, God, you will just be with us in, in, in all that we're going through. And God, we love you and just pray and dedicate this time to you that our minds can be focused and our hearts can be focused in these next few minutes. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So I'm um, going to begin this morning, Mark chapter 4, and as always, you're welcome to follow along in the app. Um, we're going to have the sermon notes and the scriptures right there for you like we normally do, um, so I encourage you to engage that way. If you're old school like me and you brought your Bible, hey, get your Bible out and we'll do some, some reading in the Word together, but we're going to be in uh, Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to begin this morning in uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35, um, and this is uh, the story of Jesus calming the storm. Now, if you know the story for me, uh, why this story means a lot to me is I was a, a student at Dallas Christian College in Dallas, Texas, uh, going to a school down there and studying uh, ministry and, and Bible. And uh, we were encouraged to be on different ministry teams. And one time I had the opportunity uh, during a spring break to just stay in Dallas. I didn't, I didn't come home and I got to do an inner city missions project. And that was with working with kids uh, from the inner city. And it was really, really one of those times that it was, uh, God really stretched me. It was kind of uncomfortable for me. I hadn't done a lot of whole, you know, uh, you know, going, going down into the inner city and working with kids, but a lot of my friends had, and I thought it'd be a good experience to stretch me. And obviously God did too. So we did it. But one of the things that stood out for me from that week is we shared, uh, kind of like a, a, a vacation Bible school, um, with the uh, with the kids that came in every day, and we would bust them out of their inner city, uh, you know, area up to the college campus, which was in Farmers Branch, and uh, kind of get them out of their environment. And we, we'd feed them, we'd play games with them, have fun. Just a great day. It was an all day thing. We'd go get them like eight o'clock in the morning, and they'd stay with us till about five o'clock, and then we'd send them home. And but during the day, we did like a VBS with them. We, we had Bible stories and games and crafts that reinforced, and then of course we had some rec time and some just fun. But uh, I remember we got to the end of the week, and we were asking the kids what your favorite Bible story was 
from the week. You know, what was your favorite story or whatever? And it's just ingrained in my mind. It was it was awesome because uh, we, we were there with a bunch of kids, and this one little kid stood up and raised his hand. And I don't know how how old he was. I'm guessing, you know, probably like six, seven, eight years old, something like that. And he raises his hand. And we said, you know, what was your favorite story of Jesus of the week? He's like, I like the story uh, where Jesus was with the disciples and the storms came. And Jesus stood up and said, whoa, chill out. And we all laughed because obviously the scripture doesn't say that Jesus said, whoa, chill out. He actually said, peace be still. But because of that, this has been one of my favorite uh, passages. And I just think God has something for us in this this morning. So let me share it with you. Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse, verse 35. This is what it says. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. He's talking to the disciples here. He's been teaching. Um, if, if you read chapter four in, in the red letters in my Bible, he's been teaching the crowds for quite some time. And it, it was just, you know, evening had come and it was like, hey, let's go to the other side of this of this lake. And it says, and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat. And so Jesus was, you know, obviously been teaching all day, was tired. He jumps in the boat with the disciples. They're going to go across the other side. Um, and it says that and leaving the crowd, he took them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. And it means the filling with water there. And it says, but he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. Okay, so Jesus is like sleeping through this like major storm. Now, we don't know if that's supernatural because he was the son of God. Was he just really tired? And so uh, it didn't matter what the environment was doing. I mean, Jesus needed sleep because he was 100% human and 100% God at the same time. But he, he's there and, 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 he's, and, and he's sleeping on this cushion, the boat. And it says they woke him and they said, said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I mean, they thought they were going to die. You know, water's filling the boat, though the winds are tossing, tossing about. Yeah, he's in the stern there, asleep on a cushion. They're like, teacher. Okay, get to verse 39, and it says this. It says, and he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And it says, and the wind ceased, and then there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And it says, And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Then who is this? Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, I think uh, one of the lessons that we uh, get from this passage is good for us to realize and good good for us to realize here with this coronavirus, you know, COVID-19 thing that's going on right now is that God has the power over every situation. God has the power over every situation. There's no situation that the disciples ever find themselves in where Jesus doesn't have control. I mean, even as we're coming up on Easter and thinking about the cross and the crucifixion, at any point, Jesus could have summoned angels from heaven. He had the power as God's son to just jump off of that cross and take off on a run if he wanted to. I mean, there was never any circumstance or situation he was put into that he didn't have power over. Um, you know, I guess, spoiler alert for Easter, including a grave. Okay. There was nothing that was like out of his control. He has the power over every situation. God has the power over every situation and he has the power over this situation as well. And I think it'd be a few weeks here, but at some point that we're going to see that the wind has ceased, that the storm has stopped. And we're going to read what we read in verse 39 here. And we're going to find out. And then there was a great calm. 
a great calm. And I hope at that point, it's not like Jesus would say to us, hey, why were you guys so afraid? I mean, where's your faith? You know, I hope it's at that point we can be found faithful because all along we're we're choosing to put our faith in God and we're believing in God and believing that he has the power over every situation, every storm that comes our way, every virus that comes our way. Um, you know, there's a lot of people worried about financial collapse or, you know, their jobs or their future or whatever's in their bank account or they're going to be able to make ends meet. That, that God has the power over all of those circumstances and situations that he's promised for his children, that he's going to provide for them and he's going to get them through them. And so sometimes I think we get caught up in our minds. We get caught up with like, oh, I've got to figure it all out. I've got to have all the answers. And the fact is, is that we don't. I think at that point, even for me, sometimes when I'm like, okay, I've got to figure this out. You know, how do we do this? How do we do this church online thing? And then how are we going to do this? And how are we going to navigate, you know, for the church in the next few weeks? And how are we going to you know, still be able to minister to people? And all of these things keep coming up. And, and, and at some point, I just have to stop and I have to, have to, you know, realize that God is in control, that I don't have to have it all figured out. I, I like this illustration, and, and I think this comes from the heart of Scripture so many times when, when God is referred to as Abba, uh, as a word meaning Father. It was a very a deep and genuine and close type of um, term that you used to address the Heavenly Father. And um, it, It's one of those things that like this is a time where we need to crawl up on Daddy's lap and just let Dad be Dad. We need to let God be God. We just need to crawl up on His lap and say, you know what? Ultimately, I don't know how this is going to end up. I don't know the date. I don't know the end date, the expiration date on this virus. I don't know when I'm going to get go get to go back to school or, or work or even life as we know it. And so I, I'm struggling here to just crawl up in God's lap and say, you know what? God God has the power over this. And and someday we're going to feel this calm and, and be able to, to look back at this and say, okay, yeah, God knew what he was doing all along. So I hope that's an, an encouragement to you. The same thing I, I get from this this passage, and I think it's really good for us today, is that fixing your eyes on Jesus will bring peace. Fixing your eyes on Jesus will bring peace. You know, they're, they're there in the boat, and Jesus is with them. And when they address him in the stern, when he's asleep on the cushion, it says that he that they, they woke him, you know, and said, hey, teacher, do you not care about us perishing? I mean, I'm like, really? Of course he cares about you. He didn't train you to have you float this boat into the middle of a lake into a wind and rainstorm and then have this issue that he's not going to address with you. I mean, he's going to take care of you even in the midst of this. And yet so many times I feel like we just need to focus on him. We need, we need to, to fix our eyes on Jesus because every time we do that, we're not only acknowledging that he has the power over the, the situation and the circumstances, we're, we're able to have a great peace in our heart because fixing your eyes on him will bring peace. When they look to him, they will have peace because Jesus is the one that brings the calm. And so we look to him in our time of need. I, I can think of uh, several other stories in the Bible um, where it's either God or, or, or Jesus. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're the ones that we're looking to in our time of, of need. And so many Bible characters come to this place where it's like, I've got to focus my eyes on something other than my circumstances. I've got to fix my eyes on something other than that. It reminded me of the song, uh, Fix My Eyes, we did in Vacation Bible School, like like three or four years ago. Um, what a great song by For King and Country that was, that is just fix my eyes on you. And, and when the world is going its own directions, hey, we're just going to fix our eyes, um, fix our eyes on you. 
And uh, I think that's really important in this time. Uh, I think so many times uh, when the disciples were struggling um, and in the book of Acts, when they're, when they're under persecution, there were these times and these moments where they chose to, to just fix their eyes on Jesus. And I got another story I'm going to share here in just a second, which, which really, I think, illustrates that really well. And, and the last thing that I want to say is just that Jesus is always with us. That he promised us that he will always be with us. And when he is always with you, hopefully you can acknowledge his power and hopefully you can acknowledge his might. And hopefully you find it easier to fix your eyes on him if you know that he is always with you. The other story I was, I was wanting to share with you, and it's another one of my favorites from scripture, is found in Acts chapter 4. So if you, you have your Bible, turn there, Acts chapter 4. And let me explain just a little bit of background here uh, so you can fully understand why this is such a great great uh, passage of scripture um, in chapter three of the book of acts what we've seen here is that uh, peter and, and john have actually encountered this lame beggar um, they're they're heading up to the temple at, at the hour of prayer they're actually going up there um, to pray and uh, this this um, this beggar that's there has been lame since birth and so it's not like this guy's new to the community I mean, people have seen him. Uh, he's been a lame beggar for many, many years, uh, his, his whole life. And um, as he's up there, he's kind of begging for alms. And this is that famous part of you ever heard the song. I know there was like a song that I learned in like preschool to this, um, where he's he's begging for alms or he's begging for, you know, some money to support himself. And this is that famous line in, in verse 6 of chapter 3 when, when Peter said to him, Hey, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'm going to give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And it's amazing because this man that has been crippled for all these years, who's begging at this gate, is healed. And what happens to Peter and, and John in this circumstance is um, that this causes quite a stir in the community. And, of course, these men are of Jesus. You know, Peter has just uh, spoken that great sermon, that message in, in Acts chapter 2. Uh, we know that the church grew by 3,000 people that day. 3,000 people were baptized that day. Um, as we get here to the end of 3 and into 4, uh, we find out the church is growing even more. Um, now it's 5,000. And that's just counting the men with the women and children and their families. It could have been as many as 20,000 believers, like in a matter of just a few days. And so the city of Jerusalem is really uh, taking, taking note of this. And, of course, the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish ruling council of the Jews, uh, they're, just, they're just irate about it. Rome is irate about it um, because, you know, they just want order. They just want peace. And this Jesus guy and all of his followers have just, just been causing, you know, kind of political disruption for quite some time. We get there uh, to chapter 4, and Peter and John, they appear before the council and uh, they they kind of put him on trial there and they they're they're asking you know you know this man you know we, we've seen this great power and this great work this miracle that has happened um you know then this guy that's going around and praising god because he's healed and and so but what they do is they basically threaten them and, and they threaten um uh, peter and john with with within an inch of their life um, it, you know, they asked by what power and by what name did you do this? This is Acts chapter four, verse seven and verse eight. Then it says, then Peter filled with the Holy spirit said to them, rulers and people of the elders, if you are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, 
by what means this man has been healed. Let it be known to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. And, um, of course, you know, that did not go over um, very well. And Peter went on. He says, this Jesus is this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. And there's no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. And it says, and when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that these were uneducated, ordinary, common men, it says they were astonished. It says, and they recognized that these men had been with Jesus. And it goes on and it explains um, what happened then is they basically, uh, they had them beaten, they had them flogged and, and beaten, and they put them out and they said, they warned them, they said, do not speak any longer in the name. Uh, don't speak to anyone in the name of Jesus. Um, and, and so they charged them with that and they sent them out. And so then they go back and they meet with the believers. And listen to this, what happens, and this is Acts Uh, chapter 4 verse 23 it says when they were released they went to their friends and they reported with the chief priests and the elders uh, what was said to them and when they heard it they lifted their voices together to god and said sovereign lord who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them through who in the mouth of your servant david your servant said by the holy spirit why do the gentiles rage and the people plot in vain the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the lord and against his anointed one For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. Do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And then in verse 29 of of Acts chapter 4, it says, And now look, Lord, upon their threats. You know, they basically told him, If you don't shut up, you know, we'll do to you what we did to Jesus. You know, and at this time, you know, that didn't happen like, you know, some years ago. I mean, that was just like a few days ago. I mean, we're, we're talking a couple months ago. We crucified Jesus. And if you guys keep speaking in his name and doing these works, we're going to do the same thing to you. And then we see here uh, uh, what what's said. And it says, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. In, in verse 29, it says, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with more boldness. To speak your word with all boldness. And it's amazing. You think about people that are ridiculed, people that are scared, people that are going through a lot of things. And I know this is like a different circumstance than what we're going through exactly in a different way. But still, I think the fear is the same. You know, I mean, they could have been totally scared. I mean, I'm thinking these guys are going to go back to the people and say, hey, guys, you know, as their backs are bleeding and. Um, as they've been threatened, it's like, hey, guys, we need to chill out. No more miracles. You know, no more speaking in the name. Uh, this is upsetting everyone. Uh, we need to make sure that we, you know, have gotten this thing under control. We we need to just kind of back off. We'll lay low for a while. Then we'll tell people the gospel. Then we'll share about Jesus. But that's not what they did. When all of the fear was there, when all of the complications were there, when they felt like so much was working against them, that wasn't the time to flee it wasn't the time that they, they struggled to um, not pursue the gospel or, or, or to, to pull back in some way. No, instead, they didn't pray, oh, you know, God give us safety. Oh, God give us this or that. They prayed for more boldness. They prayed for more, for more that, they, that they could have in faith. They prayed for a greater faith. They prayed for more boldness. 
I prayed for a, a time and in a season uh, to where they could actually, it could be grow mode and not hold back and pull back mode. And and I, I just think it's it's interesting to, to read, you know, this story, the story of Jesus in the boat. And there's so many stories in scripture where we just need to remember that Jesus is always with us. At this time, they had actually seen Jesus ascend to heaven. And so, you know, it wasn't like they were, you know, um, able to see Jesus or, or to touch him or to give him a hug or to hear his voice again. But yet in every way, they were hearing his voice as they prayed, as they remembered the words that he had said, as they were beginning to write the New Testament and write down the stories and, and the life of Jesus Christ so that we could have the Bible and have what we have here in his holy word today. It, it's an amazing thing that uh, these people um, what did it say? What did we read there? Acts 4. They were common, ordinary men. But the the ruling council, uh, they had actually taken note that, hey, yeah, but these men had been with Jesus. And I know that's sometimes how we feel as Christians. Hey, common, ordinary. But we need to remember, hey, we too, if we're believers, we also have been with Jesus. And because of that, we can feel his presence. And we can remember that God has the power over every situation. We can remember to fix our eyes on Jesus because he will bring peace, even when everything seems like it's spinning out of control. And will also remind us that Jesus is always with us. He promised the disciples that on the great, uh, as part of the Great Commission. You know, he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And he didn't stop there. He went on and said, and he said, and I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. As you go out and you live your Christian walk, as you go out and, and live your Christian life, I'm going to be with you even to the very end of the age. And that's such a great promise to know that, that, that God is in control, that he knows what's going on. He knows when and how this this time where we're kind of inconvenienced, he knows how this is going to end. Um, he knows he knows the end and, and the beginning. He, he's, he's over everything. He's sovereign over everything. And because of that, because he's our heavenly father, then we can choose to trust in him through it all. Well, you know, one thing that's, uh, interesting as I as I close this morning that I I think it's just really interesting is um, the fact that the warning and what the people wanted uh, Peter and John not to do there in Acts chapter four was to no longer speak in the name, no longer speak in the name. And you think about that, and you're like, why? Why? Why was that what they ordered them to do? I mean, you think it'd been like, hey, quit doing you know baptisms or quit healing people. But they said, and this is kind of summarized it all and categorized it all for them was, hey, don't, don't, you know, you can no longer speak in the name. Don't speak in that name anymore. It's like they didn't want to even hear the name of Jesus. And you know why? It's because there's power. There's, there's power. There's resurrection power in the name of Jesus. And that's why I think through this season, man, we need to be, uh, just, just, just believing in Him, putting our faith in Him, trusting in Him more than anything or anyone else in this world. I know a lot of times, you know, we look to our government, like the government is gonna is gonna save us somehow. Hey, I think we need to support our government in this time. I think, you know, what they're asking us to do, you know, no groups larger than ten, you know, stay away from each other, practice the social distancing, take these precautions, you know, don't be out unless you need to be out. I mean, all these things. We need to get behind them in their efforts. 
Um, and we need to be good, good citizens because we're not just citizens of, of heaven. We're, we're citizens of the United States. and We need to try to help in this time. And Christians need to be seen as a people that cooperate and try to help and actually obey the laws of the land. There's a whole, whole lot in Scripture about that. But we're not looking for the government or for their decisions to be our Savior. We're only looking for the name. The name that was trying to get squashed in Acts chapter 4. Hey, no longer, don't any longer speak in the name. Is that name of Jesus is our strength, our power. That's where we're going to put our faith. And he's the one that's going to get us through this time. So um, I don't know how you feel about the whole thing, the whole situation, but uh, I, I really am, am optimistic that this is just for a season. It's just for a time. I don't know if that's two weeks, three weeks, five weeks, you know, maybe a little bit longer. But I think if we all just hunker down and do our best um, that we're going to get through this together and that God's light can be shown, shown in this time, but also in the future. And um, I just uh, appreciate that. I appreciate uh, the faith I have in God that's going to keep me close and keep me right through this time. And I I pray the same for you. So let me let me pray for you, for all of us this morning that are watching. Lord God, I just uh, I just thank you now. The fact that we can come to the God of the universe, so we can come and pray to you, um, God, that we can come and present our request to you. Um, Lord, it's just uh, it's truly um, just um, humbling experience to think the God of the universe with so much going on in our world. That when when his when his children pray, that you listen, God. We thank you so much for that, God. I I pray that as we go through this season, Lord, that we would put our faith in nothing else. We wouldn't put our faith in man, in government, or anything else, God. But we would just put our faith in you, God. That through um, just all the things that face us, all the uncertainty, all the turmoil, um, all the things that that have this tendency to make us worry or strip anxiety or, or, or begin to stress us out. Um, God, I, I just pray that through all of these things, Lord, that you would just be the one that is on the forefront of our minds, that you would be the main thing in our lives, that we can remember that you're near to us, that you're with us, that we remember to fix our eyes on you, that we remember that you are the God that is over over it all, over every, every circumstance. There's nothing that surprises you in this. And then knowing that, Lord, we can rest because we can rest in you. God, thank you for hearing our prayers and thank you for uh, this time where we can just open up your word and be refreshed uh, through the scriptures this morning. And God, again, I just pray that you would just, um, you would just help us, Lord, uh, to just lean in and depend on you in this season. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.